living a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump, or your place looks like a dump, you're living a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it eight 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 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on this weekend? If it's your house, your home, your co-op, your condo, your yurt, well, you're in the right place because we are here to help you take on the projects that you want to get done to create the best home ever. Help yourself first by reaching out to us. A couple of ways to do that first. And preferred is you go to moneypit.com and click the blue microphone button. You can record your question to us. We'll answer it the next time we're in the studio. Or you can call us 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Hey, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about New Year, New You. That's H-U-E. <laughs> Clever. We're going to talk about the 2023 trending pink colors and figure out which ones are right for you. So we'll have that room-by-room room advice in just a bit. And if the holiday season just totally wore you out with all that house cleaning you did, now's a pretty good time to think about hiring some help. We're going to tell you how to save the cleaning hassle and save money at the same time. And now that we are deep in winter, are you tired of feeling, well, tired? <laughs> We're going to share some easy DIY pick-me-ups for your home that will help lift your spirit and beat the winter blues just ahead. But first, what's on your to-do list this January of 2023? You got a lot on there, or maybe you're just kind of chilling out right now, or maybe you're just stuck trying to think about, like, what can I be doing, or should I be doing, or what's a good project for this new year? Well, give us a call, because we can get you unstuck, okay, guys? Yeah, we're like virtual WD-40. doesn't matter what the question is. We are good for 1,001 answers. So call us right now at <laughs> 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Heading out to Maui, which I wish we were really heading out to Maui, not just talking to Maria <laughs> on the phone. Oh, Leslie, you're missing out. You're missing out. I, I know it. I'm so jealous. I have a shower in, at a house in California. And it was leaking into the subflooring. Okay. And we couldn't figure it out. But I remember my mom saying that she had a problem and it was pouring through there like five, six, seven years ago. Okay. So I had a friend of mine who's a plumber come in and he checked the pan to see if there was any water leaking through there, if that was the problem. And he said, it appears that it needs to be grouted with DAP around the periphery of the shower floor where the shower wall meets the floor. And I'm wondering what's the best product to use for that, and do you know that that's even a solution? But that's basically all I know right now. Okay. Well, let me try to help you get to the bottom of it. So first of all, he's talking about a caulk. DAP is a a caulk manufacturer, and that may or may not be the problem. But I, I will say that that by itself is probably not what's causing this, if you have any significant amount of water. But first, here's how you eliminate whether it's the tile pan, the shower pan or not. What you do is you run the shower and you block the drain. Like if you have one of those like rubber jar openers or something like that, or even a sure. washcloth would be okay for this. You lay it across the drain and then you fill that shower pan up with water. So that means you're going to put about three or four inches of the water in there. Don't let it overflow, but fill it up. Turn the water off and then let it sit. Now, while you're doing this, you need to be able to check around it or under it right away because if the pan has failed, it will tell you quickly when you do this test. (laughs) I used to do this all the time in the years I spent as a professional home inspector, and after the first time 
getting caught letting the water come through the ceiling for a bit too long, I learned that as soon as I do this, to immediately run downstairs and look underneath to make sure nothing's coming out right away. But this will tell you because you're basically flooding the whole pan. Now, if that's okay, there is something to be said for the possibility that you could have gaps in the grout uh, where the tile meets the pan, but it's not exactly the floor because the pan goes up a few inches. And if you notice that you have um, places in that grout where it's missing, the first thing you should do is re-grout those areas. And then the seam at the bottom between the tile and the top of the pan, that's where you would caulk it. And I would recommend you use a silicone product for that. What gets tricky, and sometimes you don't realize why this is happening, is that when you step into the shower, you could run the shower and it's fine and we see the pan's fine. But when you step into the shower and now the water hits your body and starts bouncing against the walls, many times that's when the leak happens, right? Because now the walls are really getting wet. Before, it was pretty much heading right for the pan. So that's the process that you should follow. And I'm sure you will get to the bottom of it. And if it turns out that the shower pan is bad... That's the bigger project because that has to be totally taken out. At that point, it's not a matter of just caulking it. You have to take the shower pan out, so you pretty much have to reno that area of the house. That means we'd have to, like, retile and everything, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a job. Oh, right. It's common, you know, when the pans get to be 20, 25 years old, they're going to fail. Um, if that ends up being the case, take a look at the systems that are made by Schluter, which is S-C-H-L-U-T-E-R, they make a modular system where you can basically replace or rebuild the shower in sections. And I tell you, you put this stuff down, you're never going to have to worry about a leak again. Right. Because what I was getting from uh, the impression that I was getting from the plumber was, um, you know, it's not a fix it and forever thing. It's just that periodically you are going to have to every five, six, seven years recall conceal that area. Yeah, if it turns out that that is the that is the the, the cause then I agree with him you 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 are going to have to redo it from time to time but if the pan is is failed that you're going to have to hop on because it's going to get worse before it gets better it will continue to let a little water get underneath it uh, and rot away any subfloor. Is this over is this on the second floor or over a crawl space what's underneath this? It's over a crawl space. Yeah. So you need to maybe um, set yourself up so that you can, with a strong flashlight, like look into that crawl space right at that shower area and see if you get any drippage uh, when you're doing the shower pan test, because that's going to answer it right there real quick. Beautiful. Fantastic. Okay. Well, you, you guys are the best. You know, I listen to you driving to work and back, so I really enjoy it. Now that I'm a, um inherited homeowner. <laughs> Well, we're glad we're able to help you out. My ties on me when you guys come to Maui. <laughs> All right, deal. Oh, we can't wait. <laughs> we're in. Thank you so much. Take care. Heading over to Mississippi, where Carl is taking on a decking project. What can we do for you? I guess I'm telling you, I've had this problem with a deck for some years, where I would replace the board and and stain it and cover it up, seal it up good, and yet I seem to have boards that still kind of rot on me. So I was toying with the idea of using the material that I see advertised called a Trex board or something similar to that. Yep. How much mm-hmm. maintenance do I have to face with that? Yeah, Trex decking is great. It's a composite, which means it's made out of plastics and other materials. It's super durable. It's not going to rot or twist or warp like an organic material would, like regular wood. It requires really little maintenance. I mean, you do have to clean it every so often just because it does get yucky from the elements outside. It does get hot in the sun, so keep that in mind. And there's a variety of price points. Now, the lower end of the price point, I think, is like a solid single color. And I think there's only two color options. I remember like a gray and a brown 
One side has like a smoother texture. The other side has more of a heavy wood grain look to it. And then, of course, the higher price point ends, you know, look like a variety of wood types and are really beautiful. Um, Tom and I both actually have it. I have mine in a screened in porch and the steps leading out to the yard. And it's been fantastic. I mean, it looks great. It lasts a long time. I mean, I've really had to do nothing to it. And I think the 12 years, something like that, that I've had it. How difficult is the installation? It's not terribly difficult. There are special screws that are designed to use with a composite that are, they sort of have like a drill bit sort of body to them so that they sort of cut their way in. Otherwise, you get like a mushroom that comes up when you when you drill into it uh, in terms of the plastic. But they're pretty easy, and they're also, and it's not just trucks. There are many types of composite decking out there. Some of them have hidden fastening systems so that you don't even see the fasteners. So if you just look into this whole category of composite decking, I think you'll find a solution solution there. With most decks, you can remove the decking board itself. You keep the structure, so you keep the framing that supports the floor. I would probably replace the railing, too, so that everything you see is going to be composite now. I, I call that sort of a deck-over project. Uh, and yeah. as Leslie mentioned, there is a little bit of maintenance, especially if you're in an area like Mississippi where it gets warm and moist. You may have some algae that grows on it, but you can clean that. Uh, but again, it will do so without causing any structural damage to that board whatsoever. And that'll still hold the weight like anything, like a two. Absolutely, six. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, wonderful. Sounds like a great product. I'll go get some and get to work. All right, Carl. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Heading north to Ruth in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Ruth, what's going on? Tell us what's happening. I have um, a dining room set that was custom made, uh, and it's solid oak. Uh, it's like carved and curved, and it had uh, six chairs, a buffet, and a china cabinet that was all solid oak and custom made. Sounds beautiful. And my husband, um, well, we had to move into a, um, a townhouse, and it's just too big. Right. And I really don't want to get rid of the table because it is so ornate and, and unique and solid. Yeah, no, I don't want to buy another table and, like, in five years have it be rickety and whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would like to know if I could refinish it. It's like a medium oak right now. What color do you want it to be? Like an off-white, maybe. Okay, so... Right now it's stained oak, and you would prefer it to be um, like a white, like a sort of like a gray wash, gray white, almost like a pickled kind of a color? Yeah, that would be perfect. But like a sheer where you can see the grain and not a solid paint. That would be nice. Um, I mean, at this point, what you're going to have to do is remove the finish and the stain that's currently on the piece so that you can get to a raw wood surface that will accept the new stain. Because if you want to see the grain, it's going to be a semi-transparent or a a solid-ish stain where you can still see the grain through, but it has more of um, a more saturated look to it. You know, depending on what type of finish is on there, you should generally use a chemical product. I know in Canada, they're very specific about what's allowed and what's not. So you'll have to see what type of chemical stripping agent is available to you. It might be something that you brush on and then sort of scrape off. You know, I'm not really sure what the products are up there. If the finish isn't too thick or, you know, is more worn, you can probably sand it off. So there are ways that you can do so. And then once you're down to raw wood, you can then apply whichever stain and whatever color tone you like. Yeah, it's going to be a project. It's a lot of work to take that 
wood table from a finished surface, finished stained surface like that down to the raw wood. I just did a project like this for a friend of mine and, and his table was made out of pine and it was a lot of work with a pine table and it wasn't nearly as ornate as what you're talking about, uh, but it was a heck of a lot of work. It's not just a matter of pulling the finish off. There's a lot of hand scraping and sanding and uh, you may use files or scrapers to get into the nooks and crannies. And then let's say you get the whole, the whole thing is, is done. It's, it's clean as, as best you can get it. What I would suggest you do is turn it upside down and I would definitely also sand a good section of the bottom of the table so that you can test the finishes that you want to use because the fact that the table has had another finish on it is going to result in a very unique uh, situation because it will have already absorbed some of that old finish and when you put the new finish on it may not come out like as the same color as it shows like on the can or on the website when you chose it. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to sort of oh, test it yeah. and make sure this is what you want before you commit yourself to doing the entire table because after all that work, you don't want to end up with something you didn't expect. I think it would probably take me six months to a year just to get the finish off and because <laughs> of all the nooks and crannies and curves and whatnot. Yeah, it's a, it's a big job. Maybe it's, I mean, it might be one you want to hire out or maybe it's a, you know, a company, a uh, furniture stripper you can take that too that has the tools and the equipment to, to do it for you. Yeah, I should see if I can find one of those. Yeah. I guess I could look on the internet and just see if there's one somewhere yeah. in the area. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you. I was hoping there would be something easier, you know, paint it on and wipe it off. Yep. But I guess yep. not. Well, those final pieces of furniture are worth, worth saving if you can figure out a way to get it done, Ruth. So good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, now that we're in the new year, nothing says fresh start like a new coat of paint. If you don't know where to start when it comes to choosing colors, a paint wheel is a great place to start. You call it a paint wheel. You can call it a fan deck. I remember growing up, you could just walk into the Benjamin Moore and be like, hey, can I get a paint deck? And they would hand it to you. Now it's kind of more of a hassle. you got to buy it. you got to order it. It's a whole to-do. You know what? Hey, we were doing some cleaning out uh, and reorganizing, and my wife had the paint deck in her hand and she said can we just throw this out i'm like no, no absolutely not no that's where we go for ideas when we want to change paint colors and you can't get them anymore so hold on to that <laughs> you can't get them anymore and the only thing is like you may be like oh i want number 1387 double check that 1387 is still the color that you think it is before you just order up that's gallons right. that's right yep. <laughs> but at least still you can look at it i mean so seriously that was a great way when you wanted something at home that you could scroll through and look through it today you sort of want Wander the paint aisle at all of your favorite home centers, and there are tons and tons of colors there. And you want to just look, gather up things that speak to you. You know, maybe it's, I don't know why I like this, but I do. So grab it. And, you know, they're free, so pile up on them and really take a look. Now, also think about the color wheel that artists use. There's complementary colors, there's opposite colors. And when you look at the color wheel, like green and pink are opposite from each other. And for some bizarre reason, they complement each other. So you can kind of look at that and get ideas like, if you're super drawn to green, know that the pink is in the color that really complements it nicely. So there's lots of ways that you can look at it. Oranges, gold, sort of that tone look great with blues. I mean, look at my Good Morning America set. It's all blue and right. gold. It looks really nice. Now, if you're nervous about picking colors, you really shouldn't be. I mean, there's more to a room than just the walls. A white ceiling, for example, can be boring. So paint color over your head, and that can add a bit of a warm touch. And the door and the window trim doesn't have to be white either. You can use shades of your wall color in a high-gloss paint to make them pop. 
Yeah, a good trick of the trade to make sure that you're happy with your colors is to always sample the paints. Now, you can use a board that you can move around the room. You want to make sure you look at that paint in different light, both natural and artificial, because you're going to get different lights at different times of the day and also in different areas of the room. So really make sure that you like it throughout the day, throughout the lighting temperatures, all of that. I mean, there's lots of interesting things. And also, there's an interesting thing going on with Better Homes and Gardens with their 2023 color of the year. We're seeing a lot of reds and browns. I mean, I'm definitely drawn to more jewel tones, autumn-y, rich in this red-brown sort of right now. And so it's definitely going to be a trend for the new year. I think the color uh, wheel is sort of the color of the year. They just keep working their way around the wheel, right? And now we're in that red-brown area. (laughs) We'll be moving up to the yellows and the greens next. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's Tom's prediction for 2024. Write it down. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Now we've got Jay on the line who's dealing with a chilly basement floor. Tell us about it. Nobody likes it, so let's give you a hand. On the concrete um, floors in your basement, you are talking about how to keep them toasty warm. Yep. Because once that concrete gets cold, yeah. it looks like an iceberg. They're not yes, warming sir. up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. So there's a couple of things that you can do. Uh, first of all, there's a product called DryCore, D-R-I-C-O-R-E, and it's a subfloor that puts some space between you and that cold concrete floor. It's a pretty inexpensive product. Uh, they come in, uh, in, in panels that are about two foot square, roughly. They interconnect, and you lay them down, and then on top of the DryCore, you could use that floor if it's just a, as an unfinished floor, or you could put carpet, or which we really don't advise for basements, right. but it's good if you wanted to, or you could put hardwood, uh, engineered hardwood or, or vinyl or any type of product like that. And they have two versions of it. One of them has insulation built into it, so maybe a little bit warmer, and that's called uh, DryCore Plus. So take a yeah. look at the DryCore website. It is D-R-I-C-O-R-E, and I think you'll find your solution right there. Well, if the holiday season totally wore you out with all the house cleaning you did, now is a pretty good time to think about hiring some help. Getting a cleaning service can save you some time, some energy, and some headaches, but you do need to be smart about how you go about doing that. Yeah, first of all, you've got to figure out exactly what you want a cleaning service to tackle. You've got to decide whether you're in the market for a maid service, which is going to involve your basic vacuuming, dusting, scrubbing, or a housekeeper who's also going to kind of pick up that clutter, do the dishes, do the laundry, Then go ahead and make a list of the rooms that you want to have cleaned along with any special tasks that you'd like to be completed, such as scrubbing the fridge or how often you want them to clean the windows. And make sure you go over that list with the cleaning service before they come to your home because being choosy about what gets cleaned is key to racking up those savings. While a lot of those cleaning services charge an hourly rate, some are going to bill by square footage or the number of rooms. I mean, it really varies. Now, a lot of providers will offer lower rates if you set up regular cleanings. So think about booking multiple visits. It might actually net you some savings, like maybe $10 or $20 less of cleaning or upwards of a couple hundred bucks or more a year. I mean, weekly or biweekly visits are not only more cost-effective, but it might just be what you need. You know, if you have somebody come in every other week and do the heavy clean, then you can do the little stuff in between. 
Yeah. And I think also one important cost saving tip is having your own supplies. I mean, you're going to use them around the house anyway yourself. So why pay for the service to bring their own? This way you're going to get the products you like, whether it's, you know, the environmentally friendly option, the lemon scent, whatever you please. And it's going to help save you a few bucks. Now, even if you're making regular appointments, there are little things that you can do around the house to cut down on cleaning time and therefore the cost. So take some time to clear away shoes and toys and knickknacks to make surfaces more accessible. In advance of the cleaning service might sound a little silly, but if you can keep it up with all the small stuff, they're going to have more time to concentrate on the tasks that you really don't want to tackle. Like broadcast desks. Like if you don't want them to clean the broadcast desk, you could do your own broadcast desk. Like breaking things. Like the feng shui on how the wires are plugged in didn't look quite right. So we just changed them around a little bit so that the energy was right. (laughs) Building a new construction project. We've got Tina in Delaware. How can we help? Hi, Leslie. I was actually calling in regards to a home that we purchased about a year ago. And then um, throughout that year, we've just been uncovering a um, a lot of problems. Um, with the house, and I was more curious to know whether there is a um, lemon law, so to speak. I'm not aware of a lemon law for new construction, but um, how long have you been in this house? It'll be, it was a year um, in November. And did you have a new home warranty on it? Uh, Yes. So they are coming back and and fixing the issues. Did you contact the warranty company or just the builder? My husband's been dealing with just the builder. So listen, a couple of things. This may or may not apply to you since it could possibly be too late. But if you buy a new home and it has a homeowner's warranty, notice to the builder does not constitute notice to the warranty company. So I would tell you right away to contact the warranty company. Let them know you've had problems because there are some things that there's coverage for beyond the first year. Of course, you get the most coverage in the first year. Secondly, make sure you're doing everything in writing with both the builder and the warranty company so you have a record. I'm not aware of a lemon law situation, but if you've lost confidence in your builder and in the quality of the construction, what I might suggest you do is hire your own professional home inspector and have the building examined so this way you know whether or not it has any serious problems or not. You know, sometimes what you look at and think of as serious, you know, like a nail pop or something like that or a door doesn't quite close right, you know, could be typical with new construction, but an independent expert can assure you or alert you if there really is a problem. Those would be my suggestions, you know, beyond speaking with an attorney if it gets real serious. But I think, first of all, you got to figure out you know, how deep you are in terms of issues with this house and then take the most appropriate steps. And I think having it evaluated by an independent expert, you should go to the American Society of Home Inspectors website to find one because those guys are the best. That's homeinspector.org, homeinspector.org. And then you'll find one in your area that can do a great job. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Steve in Maryland's on the line with a question about a foundation. How can we help you? My neighbor had a house uh, built within the last year she had a solid concrete foundation uh put in with her crawl space and uh, i've got cinder block walls on my foundation and i've had a lot of i've had some water penetration through my walls and uh, i'm thinking because she has solid concrete I think maybe if I if I ever had another house built, maybe that's the way to go with solid concrete. I don't, I don't see how water can penetrate that. And I wanted to uh, bounce that off of you and see what you had to say about it. Well, water can certainly penetrate solid concrete walls, perhaps not as easily as it can a concrete block wall. But in either case, you can stop that very simply 
by improving the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter. Most of the time when a foundation leaks, whether it's a leaked crawl space or a basement, there's something wrong with that drainage. So your gutters are clogged and overflowing. The downspouts are perhaps not extended out four to six feet from the house because most contractors leave them go out about a foot or so, which is which is a mistake. Um, or the soil is too flat or the soil is sloping back into the wall or there's some landscape element like, uh, I don't know, brick edging or, or uh, four by four timbers or something like that that's holding water against the foundation. If you want to stop a foundation from leaking, you want to manage that drainage. But if you are sort of starting from scratch and had your option to go with a block wall or a solid concrete wall, I do agree that a solid concrete wall uh, will be much stronger and much more solid and not be prone to some of the issues that we've seen with with block walls over the years, like leakage or cracking and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I appreciate that information. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, the days are shorter and colder, which for a lot of people brings on a case of the blues. But here's a reason to smile. A few easy changes to your living space can actually spruce up your home and your spirits. That's right. So for starters, turn up the lights. Now, it sounds very simple, but improved lighting can definitely make you feel better, especially this time of year when darkness sets in so ridiculously early. It's a good time of year to add better quality lighting, too. Now, with the LED technology, it's really easy now to add either bright white light to a workspace or a softer glow in the living areas. You really have the full range of lighting colors to choose from, and it also is a lot less expensive to operate that lighting. Yeah, you know, another fun idea is to kind of bring gardening indoors. You can totally have an indoor garden. You can have colorful flowers, herbs. It's just kind of a helpful reminder that spring's coming. There's going to be more light. You just have to make sure that you choose a location that does get plenty of sunlight since most vegetables or flowers need as much as six hours of direct sunlight each day to grow and thrive. You may even need to sort of enhance it with a grow light. So, you know, look into what's going to do well inside your house, add any additional lighting to help those along, but Truly, that burst of green and color in life is so helpful. And if you want to pick me up for your front door, your entryway, that could definitely raise your spirits before you even step inside. So polish your hardware up, maybe swap out a doormat. The little changes like that go a long way. And think about new paint or a new door altogether. That can bring even more freshness to your space. And don't be afraid to use a pop of color for that. We did that recently, and it made a huge difference on the back of our house. Yeah, and finally, don't forget to please your most powerful of your senses, your sense of smell. Citrus, especially, you guys, is known to energize and rejuvenate. Jasmine and grapefruit can ease depression or sadness. Think about using oils, candles, any kind of aromatherapy to your living space. So much loveliness comes from that burst of citrus. I really do love that smell this time of year. If you'd like some more great ideas to spruce up your house for winter, we've got them online at moneypit.com. That's moneypit.com. All right, now we've got Stephanie on the line from Tennessee who needs some help around the money pit. What's going on? We have a somewhat, it's not a shower wrap. Two walls is of an acrylic-type material, marble-looking, and then right. it has a glass door with a look-through glass side. I was in the shower, and it sounds like little pop-pop-pop-pops. Now I notice I have little teeny spider cracks, just real thin, on the side wall. So okay. I let the shower dry, put Gorilla Tape, waterproof Gorilla Tape on it, so it wouldn't okay. get any more wet. What, no duct tape was available? <laughs> duct tape and Gorilla Tape is everybody's best friend. 
There you go. Okay. Put it on there to prevent more moisture in there. Right. But it just made these little spider marks. I haven't had any more. You can barely see them, but I really don't want to tear out a shower. So the sides are acrylic? Yes, it's like acrylic marble. The head wall where the faucet and the shower head is, and the side right. where the soap dish is in the shower stall. Okay. So it's kind of like um, like a liner almost, it sounds like, that's over the wall structure that's acrylic. Does that sound about uh-huh. right? Are these cracks all the way through, or are they just on the surface? Because it might be the glazing on top of the acrylic. Okay, actually, I believe they're on the surface, and they okay. all seem to originate from the uh, uh, the embedded, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, soap dish, but they're just spider, and, you know, but there's you can't feel them. You, you probably stressed that part of the liner. Maybe you grab on the soap dish, I don't know. Plus, it's uh, you know it's an area where you're going to have uh, an expansion and contraction pattern that's different than the rest of it. If they're not going through, they're just the surface. I would not worry about that. I'll give you one trick of the trade to kind of uh, maybe make them less obvious, and that is if you were to apply car wax to the walls of the shower, not the uh-huh. floor, all right, because you're going to slip right. and and uh, break something, oh, yeah. but to the walls, you will find that that will buff in really nicely. Uh, and the water will, of course, you know, run right off it. And I think it might help to hide some of those spider vein kinds of cracks, the same way it does that on the finish of a car. Oh, great idea. Because actually okay. we're going to be selling our house in about six months. And I was like, I'm trying to be ahead of the ball game on things I know I need to address. Well, here's what you do. do. You go ahead and... Enchilada. Here's what you do. You polish up that shower, right? And when you sell right. your house... You take a brand new can of car wax and you put a bow on it and you make that the housewarming gift for the new owners. <laughs> and then you can tell them about your call with the money pit and explain to them how to use it. <laughs> hey, I really appreciate that. I really do. I listen to y'all's show. A lot of good information. We appreciate you down here in Tennessee. Gabriella reached out to Team Money Pit, and she says, I have very old and drafty windows. I do have storm windows, but I'm wondering if there's anything else that I can do to tighten up that wood double-hung part that they cover to reduce drafts. Well, drafty windows can definitely have a big impact on your energy costs as well as your comfort. But short of purchasing replacement windows, there are a few ways that you can definitely keep that heat in. And the first step is to check the fit. You know, many times windows will warp or twist. And when that happens, the air can actually sneak through. We bought a house recently, very old house, 1906. And in one room that was sort of overhanging a porch, the whole floor had settled and the window kind of twisted with it. So when you closed it, there was literally a one-inch gap on one side of the sill. (laughs) So what did I do to fix that? I cut one inch off the other side, and now it fits nice and tight. (laughs) It made a big difference. You rarely will see anything that bad. But if you can do things to trim and improve the fit, that's going to absolutely help you reduce the amount of drafts that get in there. Yeah, another thing that you consider, if it's a window that you're not using or it's not an egress to the space, you can actually caulk that window shut to seal out some drafts, but it's a temporary caulk. You can peel it off at the end of the season. It's not like you're permanently closing that window, but it will seal it for those chillier time of year. Just be careful not seal a window that you may have to use for emergency exit. And by the way, these uh, caulk products they actually are called uh, weather stripping, caulk weather stripping. And as Leslie said, you just grab the edge of it, peel it off, and it goes away. It's really an amazing invention because you don't have to get just the right fit of the weather stripping, for example. You just put the caulk in there, and then you peel it off in the spring and open the window, and you're good to go.
Well, if you're looking for ways to freshen up your bathroom, here's where you can find it. Between your tiles. I mean, grout in tubs and showers gets pretty nasty after a few years, and it can really drag down the look of that room. Leslie, however, has some tips to bring back the brightness in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, cleaning grout is time-consuming, but it's easy, and just wait until you see the difference that it really, really makes to the space. First of all, though, you have to know what kind of tile you have, because depending on the tile will depend on the type of cleaner that you can use. So if you have a glazed tile, know that that can withstand a chemical cleaner, but unglazed tile should only be cleaned with a natural cleanser. Now, you can make your own natural cleanser. You probably have everything at home right now. All you need is baking soda and water, and you kind of make a paste of it, and you apply that natural paste or the chemical cleaner version to that grout. Now, you can apply that natural paste to those unglazed tiles or that chemical cleaning paste to the glazed tiles. you got to remember, one goes for one and not the other. And you can apply it to the grout with a toothbrush and then work it into the area for 30 seconds or so. I told you it's time-consuming, but it's definitely worth it. And you need to rinse each section as you go. Once you are done, it's like night and day, guys. You will be so happy that you did this project. But keep in mind, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to do it again down the road. So to protect that grout from discoloring in the future, you can apply a grout sealer. They're epoxy or acrylic, all of that to the clean grout. And that's going to keep those dirt and stains from making their way back into that porous grout material. Definitely time consuming, but definitely worth it. You know what my solution is? I just did a, a subway tile backsplash for a kitchen. I made the grout dirt colored. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that darker grout, and it definitely hides a lot of sins. I actually went with the gray. It looked really nice, and it's not going to be as obvious when it does ultimately get dirty. But look, it's worth cleaning it because it really does look great. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, when it comes to painting, the pros definitely have some closely guarded secrets that they don't want us to know about. We're going to spill some of those insider tips and help you brush up on your painting skills on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.